0: So it was a big weekend in combat sports. You know, we had one championship on Friday. There was the Canelo fight, and then we ended it off with UFC 288 on Saturday. And we'll cover one championship a little more in a video next week. Like we're we're gonna talk a tiny bit about the American debut for one at the end here. But for this video specifically, we're gonna focus more on the UFC because there's a lot to talk about. We probably don't want this video to be like two hours long, so we'll cover the UFC mainly in this one, and stay tuned for like a more in-depth video about one next week. But um, UFC 288 was phenomenal, but before we get into that actually, I do want to talk about this. So we got a couple more props here for the show. We got signed MMA gloves by uh, Ariel Hawani and New York Rick from the MMA Hour. Um, shout out to Professor Hershon for hooking us up with those. That'll be a new cool onset prop, along with our secret juice. You know, always got to have that. <laughs> but, stay um, prepared. Of course, dude. The one who has the secret juice is always the one who wins. Yeah. But um, anyway, <laughs> UFC 288. <laughs> Sterling, you know, remains champion. Aljamain Sterling defeats Henry Cejudo by split decision. Two forty-eight, forty-sevens for Sterling. And then 148-47 for uh, Cejudo. Now, I think a lot of people after this fight have been talking about just the scorecards and, you know, who, who did you score the fight for? And I'll start with, like, mine. I gave 1, 2, and 4 to Sterling after a second watch. It was, like, tough on the first watch, but I still had it for Sterling. It was just, like, round by round it was harder to score, like, live. But after the second watch, I don't know, I feel more com- confident that... Sterling was the one who got it done. But I'm not hating on anybody who thought Cejudo got it because it was a competitive fight, really close fight. But what were your score scorecards looking like for this one?
1: Uh, so I think it was one of those, you know, split decisions that it really could have gone either way. Like I think if you're somebody that, you know, feels very strongly about, um, you know, your maybe your personal scorecard of this fight and who should have won or how, you know, the... Um, that official decision should have ruled out. Then I think, like you know, you have to like you really got to come with a good argument because, yeah, you know, if I personally feel like, honest, you know, with Alderman Sterling being the winner, I think I I honestly would I could you know I would have gave him not you know not to say that I would have like outright definitively give it to him like it was like you know a really close fight but. I think you I think a unanimous decision like you know, I think that would have sufficed too, honestly. I could have seen that too because I think I think Alger, like straight up had him beat on the feet the entire way through. I think Henry Cejudo was reeling in those championship rounds on the feet of, you know, just trying to like trying to obviously set up the wrestling as much as possible, but I think Alger had I think Alja came like really like really prepared, well trained, like all around for this matchup um you know despite whatever you might say about henry cejudo's layoff and his return how long he's um you know since you know how long it's been since his last fight and all that like do you think that was, was a
0: factor at all
1: for someone like henry cejudo uh honestly no no way like a freaking gold medalist olympian that guy who's you know cardio for you know gas tank for days like i think you know does it matter? Like, sure, obviously, especially yeah. when you're facing somebody that that's come such a long way, like Aldemain Sterling has over the years since uh, Henry Cejudo's last fight. Um, so yeah, obviously, definitely, just hopping right back into a championship fight, like that's gonna, you know, that's gonna play. It's um, it's gonna play. It's it's factor, but um. Yeah, no, I don't a, think it's an excuse or really anything like that. Like, this is, Henry, this is the, you know, triple C we're talking about here, so... Yeah, and, like, um, Olympic
0: gold medalist, too, at that. I think, like, I agree with you. I think mentally it probably wasn't a factor him. I don't know about physically. Like, he looked in good shape, and he was, like, there all five rounds, but I think in this fight... I think he under—I don't know about underestimated, but he definitely didn't think that Aljo's awkwardness was going to give him as many problems as it did. Because those first three rounds, he was really struggling to find his range, and even in like the later rounds when he was connecting more, he was throwing and that's missing what I, a missing.
1: That's what I love. That's what I love about Dyke. Like, hes hes not called the Funk Master for no reason. Like <laughs> this dude's fight style, like you know. It's like it's pretty freaking unorthodox and it's really entertaining to watch for 135 like it does you know kind of remind you like a freaking Dominic Cruz who just has really like his straight up just own style and you know like he can now in Alderman Sterling's case like he's just you know. I kind of see it in, like, you know, the, the Cheeto Vera sense where, like, he just, you know, he's got... He knows who he's getting in each of his opponents, and he just seems to, like, keep progressively, like, you know, improving in each, like, area that he needs to improve in. And so now, looking forward we, with them, um, and, you know, it's no it's freak no, You know, I don't think it's no secret who the next challenger is going to be.
0: Yeah, they had O'Malley it's... coming out there with the Thriller jacket after that. I thought that was weird, to be honest. Like, I usually like the in-cage stuff, but considering like how close that fight was, and everybody also wanted to hear like if Cejudo was gonna retire, like I thought bringing O'Malley in there, and I'm like a fan of O'Malley too, but I thought that was kind of a weird move because the fight itself, like Sterling's movement, was giving Cejudo problems obviously the whole time. I thought the grappling in that fight was really fun. Honestly, there were a lot of cool exchanges in that. Aljo held his own really. That's what I'm saying, man. But, yeah, that's you know, all he had to really do. Yeah, and I did you think coming in because I thought that the weight could have been an advantage, but I didn't think that like how long Aljo was was going to be as much of an advantage as it was. Like I figured Cejudo, even if he had trouble at first closing the distance, I thought that as the fight went on, he was going to have like an easier time, and it really never seemed to improve for him. And even with the wrestling, he just never was able to hold Aljo down. I think like because I was watching it with like a few people and. Um, they were talking about just how Cejudo just doesn't use, like, jiu-jitsu really at all. Like, he had Aljo in a couple, like, good positions, like, in, like, the front headlock, but he just doesn't really do anything with it. And Aljo, as, like, a jiu-jitsu ace pretty much, like, you're, you're not yeah, going to finish a guy like that, you know?
1: That's interesting. It's, like, you know, for somebody, like, the leg strength and just, like, the base that freaking Henry Cejudo has, like, you know, you would think, like, maybe he would, like, try to factor in, um... You know, just maneuvering however he can that Jujutsu. Um, but I don't know, man. I guess, like, just that's just how highly, you know, him and his coaches, like, feel about, you know, just his wrestling as it is. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Cause, yeah, I think it was, I think the real tell of the story here is, you know, the feat for Henry Sudo. And if, you know, if this is not his last fight, you know, who were we looking? You know, who are they looking to give him next?
0: Yeah, no, I'm definitely down to talk about the future. I didn't even mean to like gloss over the O'Malley point because I do want to go back to yeah. that. But I thought this fight was just like so close that it was worth talking a little more about. Yeah. But you know, close fight. I think me and you both because I, I think you said you had it for Sterling too right so yeah, definitely. we both agree on definitely, that yeah. so sadly not much debate for you guys at least for this yeah, show
1: exactly I wouldn't have argued a unanimous decision if they gave it to him but um, yeah. yeah
0: you know what I, I, this is like a bit of a pivot but I'm curious to see what you think of this I don't like when people say like yeah that was a split decision that seemed about right I'm like how could you know like because think of like think about it conceptually right like a split decision is not a like it's not a close fight it's a split decision because th- they're out of the three judges not all three agreed like but I don't like when people were like yeah, that was that was probably a split decision. I'm like that's not how that works. Like you can't, like there's only a split decision when there's more than one person. Like you're watching it. It's one decision. There's no split. Like I I'm get saying it. it's a I, close yeah, fight, yeah, but I, I hate when people it's like my pet peeve cuz dude, I see people on like big shows like they'll be like, yeah, you know, split decision seemed about right for yeah, so I'm like no. The sound,
1: just to sound, you know, like professional.
0: Exactly. Things. I'm like I get like, the point, yeah. but not yeah. like
1: a casual.
0: <laughs> yeah, like people got to stop saying that. Because like I heard, I, well, I didn't hear. I saw a few people on just like social media saying that about this fight. I'm like, God, that just pisses me off. <laughs> but anyway, back to like uh, these guys' future. You were talking about Sehudo at first. I don't I think this is probably his last fight unless something interesting pops up. But he talked about, um sorry, he talked about like after this one wanting to make history. And I don't really know like where he could do that from here, like, cause I don't know if you—he's not going up to one forty-five now and just getting a title fight. So does he wanna have a number one contender fight? I saw someone say he should fight Max Holloway. That'd be <laughs> that'd be a crazy one. I don't know how he does in that, to be honest. But I don't know. I, I just don't see any reason for Cejudo to come back, cause like, what does he really need to prove? Like, I'm not saying I don't want to see him. Like, dude. The guy's an incredible fighter, one of the best minds in the sport, but he's been coaching people these past few years, and he seems to be really good at that and, like, captain some momentum there. But what history really is there left for him to make?
1: Yeah, your guess is as good as mine, man. Honestly, I, I have no idea. So I think it's his last fight, too. So, um Damn But, man. yeah, what do we know at the end of the day? We just got to wait and see.
0: Yeah, if it is, I mean... Salute to you! Yeah. <laughs> Great career. I for think more. We've done so far.
1: I think we're gonna get more out of talking about the two guys that we know are right. not done and still have. You know, are about to. They're now now they're gonna settle it between each other. Sean O'Malley, Aljamain
0: Sterling. Um, Marab stealing his thriller jacket Made my night Like that was so You dude. see
1: him He was putting it on
0: <laughs> Right when he took it off Like five seconds later Marab's just standing there with it on I was like wait a minute I'm like why does he have it now I thought that was so funny And Sean no, Sean O'Malley like played it off like, yeah, well too Sean said that he thought It Sean, was the yeah. It was like a guy Just taking his coat Like just to be like Like a coat Like the guy at the coat rack At the Applebee's or whatever oh my god but then i wonder if he did he keep it did sean get it back do we does anybody have any information on this did it is that rob's jacket let us know yeah i mean that's not the main story i don't like i've been glossing over this like amazing fight that is pretty much just been laid out in front of us to talk about the fight and then to talk about sean o'malley's lost jacket but let's get into the, the actual brass tacks here aljamain sterling versus sean o'malley Dana was saying that they want to do it in Boston, but Aljo seemed kind of disinterested in that. But either way, this seems like the next fight. But the I don't this is the fight to make because he's not going to fight Mirab. But at the same time, I I think it's kind of a rough spot to go to for Sterling because Sterling's title reign, man, has just been rough because you have the, the way he won it with Jan, which people hate. Then there was the split decision that he beat him in the defense that people debate about. TJ was a great win, but then people are talking about his shoulder. This one's another one where people are arguing if he even won it. And then you could already like think about it in advance. If he beats Sean O'Malley the way that he's beaten a lot of other guys, they're gonna be like, well, Sean O'Malley's not all that anyway. Like, so I don't know what Sterling really can do at this point to just get the credit that he deserves. It kind of sucks because he's such a great fighter, but nobody really gives him the credit. But do you think that there's a path for him to kind of solidify himself after an O'Malley fight if he even gets through O'Malley
1: um yeah that's tough it's tough because first yeah you just said you got to get past O'Malley and you know who's so sure that you know he's he's gonna do that like I obviously it's fair like you know the fight was booked today like he'd be you know I wouldn't say an overwhelming favorite, but a clear favorite. Unlike this fight with Cejudo yeah. just now, it's a bad
0: stylistic um, matchup too. But I think Sean has some things that he could offer Sterling up too. Like because the thing in this fight is Henry's like a lot shorter and like not just in height, but like in range compared to Aljo. Like his reach was a lot smaller. But O'Malley's huge for that division, so I think that that's gonna be a problem for Sterling at least on the feet. Yeah. But this is a true striker versus. Well, I, grappler, think, I think
1: I think you know wrestling with a guy like Henry Cejudo for all Jermaine Sterling, like, that can go a long way with, you know, dealing with O'Malley's size and all that. So, um, yeah, that's, um... I saw, I saw, I saw, um... After, actually, afterwards, the fight, too, which was made it even funnier, that, um, Sean O'Malley tweeting, like, he pretty much was just, like, hoping so badly that Henry Cejudo won, so, like, he could just beat the fuck out of him. I think that's <laughs> what the tweet actually said. They've and, been
0: uh, for a long time now. Yeah, I
1: understand. Uh, so... Man, that's um. Now that's like a legit freaking fantasy fight that yeah. you know we're probably never ever going to see. So um. Yeah, but on the other hand, happens. to reel back to to reel back to Henry Cejudo, I actually did see you know, I don't know if you you know because you could probably speak a little bit on it too if you've seen something about it. But I did see. I don't want to say an official quote by Brandon Moreno calling for a fight. With, oh yeah, um,
0: he he tweeted. So I mean, not a quote, but he did do that. Like you yeah. are right. Yeah, he said like don't retire yet. He's like he wanted to defend his title in July and then said come yeah. up to thirty five. that's not gonna happen. though. No. not yeah. because like Definitely. you. Have, I that, think the UFC won at twenty five, but I think like. Because is not the champ at 35, so they don't want Moreno to win at 25 and then go up and fight in a meaningless fight at 135. Yeah, I didn't put
1: much stock into that. It just came you know, came to mind as I just brought up the O'Malley tweet. Um,
0: yeah, they have a beef, like low-key. I remember, because if... Do you remember that Cejudo was training Figueredo before those fights? And he was, like, talking all sorts of shit, really, about Brandon Moreno. Because I think they used to train together, and Moreno left in, like, a weird way, and it was on, like, weird terms... And I know they were having like a little back and forth before those fights. So I think there's like a bit of a history there. So I think Brandon kind of wants that fight like a lot because I think he wants to kind of shut him up. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if there's a realistic path to it, to be honest. But I don't know. Both of those divisions are in like an interesting spot because Sterling has the fight... That's clearly matched up next. But if he wins that, you really don't know what's going to happen from there. But Bantamweight's so deep, I'm sure something will fall into place.
1: Yeah, which is, you know, you got Bantamweight that's so deep and Flyweight that's not. So Yeah,
0: it's like, he's, Moreno's in like a tough spot because I think, who's he even fighting? It's um, Pantoja, right? Yeah. In July. So yeah, that's yeah. a fight that needed to happen. We didn't really talk about that. But me and you have been beating the drum for Pantoja to is get that, that title inter, shot.
1: Is that International Fight Week?
0: Yeah, I think it is. I think, um, is the main event like officially Volkanovsky, Yair? I don't know if that's official, but I know they were like shooting for that. Wow. I didn't think that
1: was going to be happening.
0: Oh, dude. You got Volkanovsky, he'll fight it. soon, yeah. Yeah, What a freaking, yeah. What a beast, dude! Yeah, I mean, speaking of uh, guys, go on, though. Go on, go no, on. No, I was literally I thought it was a good transition because I say, speaking of guys who want to fight every two months, Gilbert Burns with his third fight this year already, and we're at, like we're recording this on May seventh, and I don't know, that was a tough one to kind of see for him. I mean, him versus Bilal. I thought that like Bilal was doing well even like before Gilbert kind of hurt his shoulder, but. He Ball's another guy who can't really catch a break with the fans because this was a good win for him. I I was impressed with how like disciplined he was with staying on his game plan, just like pumping the jab out there. Because Gilbert really is not like good at yeah, the dude, jab. I thought, like,
1: yeah. like yeah, I thought this was you know probably. At least in terms of you want to maybe say his last three to five bouts, like this is probably the best that Bula Muhammad has looked like since that against the best, you know, arguably the best opponent he's faced. You know, obviously removing the Leon Edwards fight and now you know the yeah, eye poke that's, and all that's that. A weird now one. Leon's the champ and all that. So yeah, I don't yeah. even count that. Shit moves fast yeah. in this in this sport. But um, no, yeah, like I definitely like yeah. You just said it. That's just like. This guy's never gonna catch a fan a break with the fans, and um, like yeah, you, you you definitely ought to feel bad. It's like, you know, I think at this point, like obviously getting just getting the win, you know, adding this name to your res because now too, also you know you have Gilbert Gilbert Burns's arm injury that yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, him from you know throwing the left
0: and it really sours it. Kind yeah. of, well. I mean, I think that Bilal is right up there with Gilbert. I mean, obviously, a lot of the fans don't really like Bilal. For I don't really, I don't. Do you think it's because of his yeah. fight style? Because he's a good dude. I don't understand why it's, people don't it's like beca-
1: him. It's because of his fight. It's because of his fight style, and because you know he comes off as just like you know, just like delusional and corny and all that. <laughs>
0: Um, I liked him going heel, though, at the press conference yeah, when the fans were booing him.
1: Twitter MMA Twitter really does not let this man breathe. It is a yeah. little much, but... Um... I mean, even in
0: person, dude. He was like, this is why the Nets left New Jersey. I was like, that was pretty funny. <laughs> like but that. yeah,
1: like, there's no denying he's a vocal guy. But, like, you have to be in this division, for one. And two, like, he is reeling off wins over legit names. And, yeah. like, he's been around for a while. Like, I think, you know, by now... See, now this is where we have to talk about, like, is... Because the title shot, I, I don't I don't think the title shot's next. Well, but... I think
0: it is, but it's not direct. I think he gets the winner of Colby. Because Dana okay. said, like, officially, okay. the, like, the winner of this fight... Because I was leaning it.
1: more towards the Colby-Covington fight to determine yeah. who's going to fight. I
0: still think that's their... Because pl- before this fight, like, in the build, they asked Dana that at the press conference, and he said... Yes, the winner of this fight is getting a title shot, but Colby gets it first. So they're fighting the winner yeah. of that fight, which is, Bilal just deserves a title fight. Like, even if it's delayed, I'll take it. I don't care who it's well, against. All right. I mean, we've been, dude, like we've been talking about this for a minute. Yeah, and he's dude. had this win streak now. I mean, it's. I think it's nine or ten. Let me look this up. Because the Edwards fight is what messes me up in it. Because I think it's like a ten fight unbeaten streak. And he hasn't, I know he hasn't lost since 2019. the same
1: way, the same way you're seeing, you know, just everybody just, just straight up, just, just whatever you want to call it, just bury him and just, you know, not give him, like we were just saying the credit that like he should probably should be getting by this point. I think it's also like the same, like by the time you see, once we hear that a, Bal Muhammad title fight is like officially being announced and like in the works like you're probably gonna see people rallying. You know, not if Kobe Covington. if Kobe wins the if Kobe beats Leon Edwards and then you have Kobe Covington versus Bal Muhammad for the title, you're gonna s I think you see a lot sell. of people. Yeah. <laughs> that's you're really gonna see a lot sell. of people rallying around Bal and like Kobe too obviously, but um yeah, that's gonna like yeah, there's gonna be a lot of heat and stuff with that fight. For but sure. um
0: Yeah, yeah it's let's a, uh
1: yeah we gotta yeah that so now we've got this fight done now we gotta wait for the title fight and see there you for go. Bilal
0: though then this is like the last thing i really have on it too and one thing honestly too for Bilal respect to him because he was like fresh off ramadan like straight into training camp so like for anybody doesn't know like he wasn't yeah he man. was fasting for like i don't know how long ramadan is but it's a decent amount of time and he just jumped right into a training camp and won this fight against a killer like Gilbert Burns, but Bilal seems to have, like, the same type of luck that Aljo has in the sense that every win that he has seems to have, like, some sort of dumb excuse to it, like, from the fans. Like, for Sean Brady, it was, like, he's not that good. You know, um, Leon Edwards, like, when he did fight Leon, he didn't, he, he was losing before the eye poke. Now this one, it's Gilbert Burns' injury, but he was doing good before that. So, like, I, I just feel bad for Bilal because I think he's one of the better guys in that top five, and I think he could definitely be champ very yeah, soon.
1: just got to, like, you know, he's, he's been, clearly he's been weathering just all that, you know, adversity and stuff that's been put yeah. in front of him. So, like, you know, there you go. Can't he's take it game. away from him. Like, he's going to be, he's more than likely going to be getting a title fight. So, um, yeah.
0: What do you think, and uh, actually, this is the last thing I really want to cover with it because it's an interesting thing because stylistically, I think that both of those fights, whether it be Colby or... Leon go differently because Bilal eats like a ton of leg kicks in all of his fights wins and losses so I think if he fights Leon that's gonna come up to haunt him but if he fights Colby Colby's not the type who's gonna be attacking the legs like that but Colby's pace with the wrestling is insane at the same time Bilal doesn't really get taken down I mean we saw Gilbert try It's but you know Colby's a better wrestler than Gilbert but at the same time Bilal's takedown defense I'm pretty sure is like upwards of 90% so, it's an interesting like fight no matter who it's against, I think. It's just for different reasons. But either way, Bilal is one of those guys who's just improved so much over the years. And I'm happy to see him near the top. And at this point, hopefully getting a title shot. But to move down the card a tiny bit. Um, the fight before that, Yan Nan. See, I got that one, dude. I had that one prepared. I literally have it. So, like, I write notes for these, like, here's a peek behind the curtain for everybody. I write, like, the notes for the pod, and, you know, we'll talk about it beforehand. And for this one, dude. I knew it was going to be bad, I so I typed it out, like, with the pronunciation. I was like, I can't butcher this girl's name dude, after that one. Yeah, exactly. I
1: was, about to, <laughs> I was literally about to say, after that one, you better not. You better get that right, because tsh, Jessica Andrade's, like... That ain't no slouch, clearly, so...
0: Yeah, I don't know what she was doing. I wouldn't now. even that say was clearly, like the worst yeah. Game <laughs> I now.
1: can't say clearly after that play. That was um, a
0: weird one because, like, she just followed her. Like, it was... She was walking her down and then... it. You ever notice how when um, people are getting walked down in MMA, when someone's up against the cage and they, like, turn off to an angle, the person doesn't turn with them. They usually, like, kind of just try to cut them off. Jessica Andrade was, like, turning with her. So, like, she was going towards the cage. And then when, like, Jan was going this way, Andrade just followed yeah, her instead of cutting her off. That's
1: pretty – it's pretty unfortunate, I think. Yeah, like, you know, I don't think it's no secret now that – because before with Aaron Blanchfield, you could have obviously said the short notice and then obviously, like, one of the best up-and-coming contenders in the division today. So you could have said all that, but now that's what, like – Man, this, it's, yeah, man, I, um, it looks like we're seeing Jessica Andrade probably, like, on her way out, like, in, the, I don't know how many fights, but, um, yeah, these, um, these up and coming freaking flyweights, well, man. Well, she's, this is a strawweight, oh, this, this was one. this is a strawweight, yeah, that's right. I mean, either right. way,
0: though, I was gonna bring this point up, because you mentioned kind of where she's at in her career, and, like, I, this argument is still valid no matter like what weight class you thought the fight was in. But, <laughs> but like my point here was just going to be like Andrade now going back down to straw weight and having this loss. She's in a tough spot because I feel like she's still at like a point where she could beat top fighters. But she's not in the title picture at this point. So it's what are you even fighting for? But she doesn't strike me as the type who's going to just kind of go away into retirement after something like that to be honest.
1: No, yeah, but, you know, in terms of just, I guess, you know, competition and who, like, who she's going to start, who they're going to start matching her up against, like, it's not, you know, it's not going to be, it's either, you know, it's either going to be, like, uh, Aaron Bunch food or freaking. I think it's going to be that, like, yeah, that, those types of matchups, yeah, exactly. the up-and-coming
0: ones, and they're, like, it sucks that she's in a spot right now where she's almost going to be, like, a gatekeeper at this point, and. At this point it's multiple weight classes but at the same time like this fight really was her own downfall because you know jan's a fast striker but at the same time they showed it in slow motion like when you're coming at somebody with three straight looping left hooks the left side of her face was open for so long and she just got clipped and you could see it coming that's what i'm saying right when that fight started you could kind of see that it wasn't going to go well just yeah. because of how she was pressuring her and how like bad the footwork was behind it. And it's weird for like someone like Jessica Andrade to have like such an IQ slip like that. Cause you know me, I'm not the type who really likes ragging on a fire. Like when, even when they lose, like I like to kind of, I guess be more delicate with my criticism. Cause you know, me and you are just two assholes sitting here talking, but these guys are the, and girls are the ones who are getting in the cage and, you know, using their blood, sweat and tears to, get our entertainment you know but this fight was just tough to watch for Andrade but for Jan I mean I hope she gets a huge fight again after this she's had a couple of nice wins in the UFC and this is probably her biggest one on the biggest stage too like good pay-per-view and like a big finish of like a former champion I hope that they push her further up the ranks at strawweight but I don't know I just don't really think there's much to talk about in that fight because it's not like one of those ones where like a, a casual audience wouldn't be able to figure out why Jessica Andrade lost. Like, cause I think one of the things that we like doing here is kind of, I guess, educating more of the casual fans on like what they, like what they should be looking for in certain fighters. But this one, like you could be brainless and watch how Andrade was coming forward and see that Jan was probably going to knock her out. Like it, it was just bad. I don't know like what she was. I feel bad because I like Jessica Andrade a lot. Like, I just don't know. I mean, dude, like I said, three straight left hooks. I mean, come on. Like, you can't be going at somebody who's that fast with that type of combination. But, hey, man, we'll see what happens for both of them after this. But this fight, I'm really actually excited to get into. Diego Lopez versus Mozart, Evluov, or Evloya. See, now I'm starting to get them down. Now that, I'm like, now that I've shit on myself so much for these pronunciations, I'm starting to actually get them. But... uh yeah, this fight was originally Evloya versus uh, Bryce Mitchell, but Bryce pulled out with an injury. So Diego Lopez came in on short notice and not many people were giving him a chance. But dude, he almost pulled off a crazy upset like five, six times in that fight. He had an armbar that was deep. That knee bar at the end was really deep. A couple of camoras there. Like, shit, dude, that was... what do you, I don't even know like where to start with that one because you could give Diego Lopez all the props in the world or be worried about where Evloyev is in the division? I mean, I'll leave it to you. What was, like, the thing that stuck out to you in this fight?
1: Um, yeah, I get, I hear what you're saying, and I feel the same way in the sense that it seemed like, yeah, like, the fact that it seemed like for, like, a minute that Diego Lopez had him beat in that first round, like, you know, specifically where it. you could argue that he won that round entirely... Um. Yeah, it would. It did cause cause concern, cause for concern because I don't think you know with this you know considering the circumstances and you know, you know just just straight up just matchup just like you know how, um you know how much more how much more just, up and coming kind of like up and coming in uh just all around skill that ifloyev is for this division, um. It does raise, it does raise like yeah. It, it maybe I don't want to say red flag. Definitely not that because he did handle the rest of the fight like handedly and rightfully so. But um, it just seemed like Lopez like he just had to give you know give everything, just blow the gas tank in that first round, and then from there, Ivoyev all he had to do was just control the pace, and that's what he did. So um, I mean still yeah, though
0: Lopez was like he almost finished him at the end of the fight, like and that's a couple true. times in the third. Yeah. I agree with you. Like I think if Loyev was controlling for this division but...
1: too, and I want to like, because I just want to like touch on that too in terms of like controlling the pace and all that. Like for this sure. division, like that's you know that's great and all and whatnot. But um, you know I like you're gonna like you gotta you know you gotta be ready to strike. You gotta be really for ready for really anything for like especially you know that top fifteen and all that. Like you know just just you know I don't want to call it. Not to say that's what Loyev did, but you know like. Point fighting and all that, like it's probably not gonna cut it all that much in featherweight. So, um, yeah, I don't was... know. Like, yeah, I think we gotta start seeing some finishes, some some more finishes from Ivolov, and then, well, all we'll start really talking. Yeah, exactly. the Yeah, exactly. All the Wow, <laughs> it's crazy. Like, yeah. cause he's so
0: dominant. Like, you think he would have a finish by now, but he just yeah. doesn't. And yeah, you're right. I think as he gets more up the ranks, and I think this fight, I would, I don't want to say exposed him, but. It definitely showed that he does have some weaknesses, and you can get him in submissions if you scramble for them. But um, I don't know. I I think that they're gonna build him up still. I think maybe a little slower now. How do you think he would have done against Bryce after that? Because Bryce has some nasty submissions.
1: Yeah, man. Um, I think I think that would that fight would have fell still fell a little more in line with this fight terms of I think you would have seen a decision and a closer fight at that too and I don't think um I don't think Bryce Mitchell would have necessarily came as close to finishing uh him as as Lopez did but um uh yeah you definitely would have seen some like really sick grappling exchanges and all that and um perhaps a finish on the ground but um I think you would have still seen a decision and it wouldn't have been as decisive as this fight.
0: How much you want to bet that Ortega takes the fight with Evloyev now that he's seen that there's holes in the jiu-jitsu? Because <laughs> I remember he, that he was talking about that fight and he said, "Yeah, if he earns it, we can we can talk that's about it." That's
1: what I'm saying, man. With well, a guy like freaking T City, like it doesn't matter whether the whether or not the fight ends in a finish. Like, um, you know, you can't be looking to just you know just tag, just tag as much as you can and then you know just win any grappling change because yeah, that's a lot easier said than done. Um, I think so, that's the
0: fight to make, to be honest, because Brian Ortega is in an odd spot at featherweight yeah, right now. So I don't
1: know. I don't know. Yeah, I just um, I guess you know, I don't know, because for a guy like Brian Ortega who has already broken broken that glass ceiling, whereas of Loya, who you know still, I feel like we're yet to see that. Um, I don't know. Like it would. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's. I don't know. We'd have to. We'd have to see. That's that's
0: interesting. Yeah, I mean, there was another good featherweight fight though right before this. Uh, well, I str- i mean, mean good as in performance for Charles Jourdain, because Crone Gracie, man, I don't know what the game plan was coming in, but that was that was a rough one. Like I don't know what he thought was gonna happen because he's coming in with that last name. Charles Jourdain isn't gonna like really engage like that with him on the ground. Like yeah, he was with him on top, but he's not gonna be taking crazy risks and really crone wasn't either though he just kind of had him in his closed garden he wasn't even scrambling that much he was i don't i don't really know how to explain that one to be honest like my my biggest thought was like he made jiu jitsu look really bad in that fight like if if i was a casual fan i knew nothing about jiu jitsu and someone told me that like that's the guy <laughs> his family dude like these guys are the ones and then i saw that i'd be like dude this is ridiculous but I think people need to know from the jump that jiu-jitsu can be utilized in MMA way better than that. I, I, I don't know what he was trying to do there. Because like, when he pulled guard at first, you're like, okay, he's going to be playing from bottom and he's going to try and scramble from there. But he just wasn't doing much from his back. So I don't even know what, what he was trying to get done there. But I don't know. I mean, his... Demeanor all week was weird, too. Did you see that one clip of him and Suhudo? Please tell me you saw that.
1: Hold on. Let me think.
0: The... No. Nah, oh, my... All right. I'll not. tell you about this. It's um, It was in Embedded. And you know how, like, they signed the posters during fight week? So um, Suhudo was in there, and he, like, walked in there. He's like, what's up, dude? And he was, like, just kind of doing small talk with him. And Cejudo was being, like, his cringe self, like, on camera. And at one point, like, you could tell that, like, Crone was already kind of not having it. But then Henry was like signing. He goes, man, thank God I'm so good looking. And Crone right away is like, he just puts down the pen. He's like, let me know when this guy's done. And he walked out. And so Hudo's like, was he talking? Is he mad at me? And <laughs> I was dying, dude. I was like, I re- I respect Crone too for just saying it right in front of him. Like not not going like behind his back and like talking shit. Like, he said it right in front of him. Just like, yeah, let me know when this guy's done. I'm not doing this. <laughs> but, oh, man. So like, he was having an attitude all fight week though, and then just to see that performance to cap it off, I don't know, man. He had four years off, and to be frank, like there was really just no improvement. And like, because if you watch the Cub Swanson fight, that was worse than he the he hasn't Cub
1: adapted fight. essentially. No,
0: and I figured that there was a chance he might because you know the long layoff, he switched gyms. I'm like, hopefully somebody said something, but I don't know. He comes from that kind of like Diaz school of thought because it's like he originally was training with them. I don't, I'm. I would assume he still trains with them like from time to time and stuff. But he just seems to not be improving in the stand-up and the wrestling. His game is just solely jujitsu. But, and someone that I was with last night brought up a good point. Like, Hoist Gracie wasn't even like that. Like, he wasn't just pulling guard. Like, he was taking guys down. So it's not, you can't even blame that because... Even his relatives didn't really fight in that way, but I don't know, man. Like, if he's gonna want to fight more in the UFC, he's got to improve because on the feet it was atro- even more atrocious than on the ground. Because I-, I don't know if you saw on the feet, he had no head movement whatsoever. He was no just getting tagged.
1: Movement. The softest, the softest
0: hands like I've ever seen. It was it was bad. Like, yeah, that was one of the more rough performances I think I've seen in a long time from somebody who they were really. ...hyping up coming in, like this was like the big comeback, and like, man, even Dana was like, you know, he's like, I like him as a person, but I don't know what he was thinking coming into this one, to be honest, but, hey man, that was the main card, it was a fun one, nonetheless, I mean, there were some good fights on there, good technical battles... But let's get into some of these prelims a little bit. The first one that I have on here was um, Dober versus Frivola. That one lived up to the hype. Yeah, man. this is
1: this is actually just the only one that I got to catch. I got to catch okay. the main event of the prelims. I definitely needed to catch this one. I felt, um, yeah, and it delivered for the mount for the freaking length that it was. I mean, you were because yeah. I don't think anyone was really expecting it to deliver like that. But dude, the steam Robola <laughs> is dude. here.
0: I honestly, I I was thinking Dover was gonna take this one coming in, but for Vola, man, I mean, that I guess that crowd kind of gave him some juice because he's from New York, so it's fairly local and uh yeah man, man like,
1: it's good to see this it's really it, dude it's good to see the steamroller keep on rolling like it really is like
0: i love the chant too like post fight like everybody steamroller <laughs> like the whole crowd <laughs> it's so awesome like i love that yeah. he really commanded he's a, it he's that a time. good
1: guy for sure um and yeah dude he keeps he, the, these names keep getting bigger for him um he gets the main event of the prelims and um hell yeah man drew dober is a huge name in this freaking lightweight division i feel and um i will yeah. say this
0: i think calling out patty Pimblet is like a huge yeah, mistake go- for everybody uh, who does it because he's not yeah, fighting he's not gonna be fighting i
1: did see that 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 um that like headline but i didn't i didn't read much into it um, see like my thing
0: isn't like i don't think he's gonna get it i just think well he's not just but not because patty wouldn't want it it's just patty just had like ankle surgery he's I, gonna yeah, be out until like I, I next year
1: I, I get it too yeah it it was pretty silly, but like I get it too. Like this yeah, is well guy he's not that...
0: the only one though. Like every like you see it on the fight nights all the time with the lightweights nowadays. They're calling him out. I'm like, do you guys yeah, pay any attention? Like, yeah, that
1: isn't a great look. You know, it seems like or it seems like all right. Like are you really letting you know Patty Pimblet of all of all people like take up this much? You know headspace in terms of like this many people are calling him out and stuff like
0: i think they see it as an easy fight right they now do. Some they of these do guys
1: they see it as an easy fight and obviously obviously like chance to capitalize on a freaking dana white's boy so Cause somebody's like, gonna yeah. get
0: it at this like if he doesn't improve on like really ever because jared gordon man he was tagging him on the feet he was doing a good job holding them up exactly, against the man. cage like, yeah. patty needs to get a lot better like that's just what it is so I think any either Dober or Frivola would probably do some bad things unless Patty heavily improves. But yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> since you didn't get to see much of the other prelims, I'll just kind of quickly kind of go through some of the ones that I've noticed. Um, Kennedy, um, his name always kills me. You know what I'm talking about, African Savage. This was That's round his nickname. One
1: submission, if I'm not mistaken.
0: I think it might have been round two. But, okay, well, I could check. I have topology open. But this fight was crazy because Devin Clark started off so strong. It was round two, by the way. Um, And then just completely gassed out in the second. And the standing guillotine that Kennedy had at the end of it was just nuts. But then the other prelims from there, there were some nice knockouts. Parker Porter had a nice one at heavyweight. Ikram Aliskarov over Phil Hawes, man. That one was brutal. Right. That dude has gave a tough fight to Hamzat back in like the days when oh, he was wow. fighting in Russia so <laughs> yeah,
1: well. that's a name to be, keep your eye on you know what
0: I'm saying He's, I think he only has one loss and it's two Hamzat, so there we go this that's a, that's somebody to look keep your eyes on Ikram Eliskarov at 185 Ikram guys because Phil Hawes is no joke and he slept them pretty <laughs> that was a bad knockout dude but the last one I really wanted to cover was pretty much buried in the prelims for some reason Verna Jandarova versus uh Marina Rodriguez, that was a fun yeah, stylistic. I one, saw but... this
1: on the card, but it's like, yeah, I didn't get to catch much of these early prelims, and so this was one of these that I missed that I didn't want to miss. Yeah, it um...
0: sucks. Like I don't know why they buried it. It's a good fight and important at straw weight too. But janda ova got the win by a unanimous decision, and it was a clear one. I mean, she just took Marina down and dominated her on the ground. It was weird because Marina wasn't even really trying to get up as much. In the beginning, she was trying to grapple off her back, but against someone who's as good at jiu-jitsu as Virna is, I thought that was, like, ill-advised, and I think that probably contributed to the fact that she didn't really have that sense of urgency when she really needed it. But, I don't know, overall, there were some really good performances. I thought, you know, the UFC coming back to New Jersey was really cool. It's been a minute. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, right? Last one was Lawler versus Colby back in, like, 2019.
1: Like, yeah, dude. I was talking to it about, I was talking about it with my brother late last night. He had he had it rolling. I was like, dude, can you believe it? Like, USC's like back in New Jersey. It's like, dude, well, what's so surprising about it? Like, John Jones won. You know, like, John Jones defended his title in New Jersey. I'm like, yeah, but that was, you know, that was back then. Like,
0: nowadays, like. Won it and defended. I nowadays, think really...
1: like, we were at a point like we were thinking that like, they would never come back to New Jersey. But, um, yeah, it's cool to see.
0: Yeah, um, man. Yeah. I'm happy about it. Before we go, the last thing I really wanted to talk about, again, like I'm just going to quickly talk about one championship. They made their American debut, which I thought was cool for them. Uh, it was in Colorado. They sold it out. They did announce that. Um, and it was a fun card too, man. It kind of snuck up on me. Like I knew it was happening, but I didn't realize it was coming this quickly. So I only got to see like some of it. But the main things that I I got out of it, obviously Demetrius Johnson is – one of the greatest fighters that we've ever seen, you know, I've kind of been begging the question cuz he's like the sleeper pick for goat nowadays, I think. I think in my opinion it's John John Jones, but Mighty Mouse man, he's top well, 3 yeah, to 4.
1: Yeah, we had we we we've had, you know, I don't I don't I don't recall specifically. It was probably just a segment on an episode we were doing where we we were talking about, you know, some of the goats and who we you might think the undisputed goat is, and now like we can revisit that like in a little way like now that John Jones is freaking heavyweight champion of UFC, and, um, and then yeah, Demetrius Johnson is still like defending his belt seemingly like every single freaking week it feels like like, um yeah man it really is like but in one chain in one championship too like once again like that I like that that's gotta be prefaced with how that promotion runs things and it's freaking awesome. So um, They
0: put on a great fucking product, dude. Yeah, That's man. like what it is. Um, there were some good moments too. Sage Northcut came back, 39 seconds, heel hook win. Stamp Fairtex, she's a Muay Thai fighter and one who I've had like my eye on for a minute because she's like, I guess well liked with the fans over there in Asia. But I she has some crazy highlights and in this one she had a nice, liver, I think it was a liver kick knockout. So that was cool. But either way, You know, like I said, we'll kind of cover that in detail more next week because I kind of want to talk about how they're received in the U.S. and if they can ever really reach those heights with the UFC. I think it's like deserving of its own separate video, so we'll cover it in there. But we hope you guys enjoyed. We'll be back next week. See you guys then.